Hello, friends. Welcome to Resting Church Face, a podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Allen, and this is episode 16. And this week, we are going to be talking about comfort movies, movies that make you happy every single time you watch them. So sit back, relax, pop some popcorn, but make sure you really pop the popcorn because I once got a popcorn hull stuck in my throat for like four days and it was miserable. Okay, let's talk about some happy movies. So I've been in a little bit of a funk this week. Nothing terrible happened, just some personal ugh stuff. And I realized that when I feel this way, when I am just not feeling my best, my favorite thing to do is watch a comfort movie. And a comfort movie is a very specific type of movie. There are a few rules to this. One, it's usually a movie that you have seen many times. You can quote it. You know what's about to happen. There are no surprises. And it just makes you feel safe. (laughs) Two, it's a movie that you can leave on in the background while you're doing other things. Like you can be doing housework. You can be on the phone with someone. You can be, you know, working from home at your job. It's something you know well enough that you don't have to pay complete attention to because, again, you know the plot really well. And I want to be clear that comfort movies are different from wallowing movies. And we will talk about that in another episode. I mean, sometimes you're really sad and you want to wallow in it and you want to just like get all that emotion out of your body. So you watch things that will make you cry. Comfort movies do not make you cry. There is no moment where you're like, this is the saddest thing I've ever seen or even tears of a heartwarming nature. You don't want that. You want to laugh and you want to be happy. So that's rule number three. It has to make you feel happy and good and calm. And then lastly, rule number four is that it has to be a movie that works every single time. You don't get tired of it. When you put it on, you know you're going to finish that movie and feel a little bit better about life in general. So I'm going to talk about five comfort movies that I watch every time that I feel a little down, I don't feel quite like myself, and I just want to feel better, and they work every single time. I also asked you guys to give me your go-to feel-good movies, and you guys sent me some great ones. Some of them were the ones that were already on my list, but there were a lot that I had forgotten about that I even wrote down all of your answers because I want to watch these movies again because it's been a while since I've seen them. So let's talk about movies that make us feel happy. So before I get into my list of the top five happy movies that I watch all of the time, I do want to give an honorable mention to Nancy Myers movies. So I'm not going to talk about them because I really think I'm going to do a whole podcast episode on her movies because I think they fall into a category all their own. I do watch them all of the time, but I want to not put them in this list so we can actually, you know, have another episode about them. So let's talk about my top five list. Coming in at number five, Heavyweights, released in 1995, starring Ben Stiller. I have always loved Ben Stiller movies. They are hilarious. He has a sense of humor that I just find so funny. I loved Zoolander. Nobody likes Zoolander. I loved Zoolander and I loved Zoolander too. That's how much I love Ben Stiller. But Heavyweights is just in a class all by itself. And it's one of Ben Stiller's first movies. And if you've seen Dodgeball, which is great, this is kind of like, I feel like his character in Heavyweights is a prototype for his character 
in dodgeball. So Heavyweights is about a kid that goes to fat camp and finds that fat camp is actually really fun until the fat camp is um, bought by this wannabe motivational speaker named Tony Perkis, played by Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller is super young in this role, but he is insane. <laughs> the best line in the movie is, kids, when I was 12 years old, I weighed 319 pounds. I watch this movie and still laugh every time. It's fantastic. It is streaming on Disney+. Plus. It is a family-friendly movie for the most part. I mean, I think there may be a few things, but I still love it. It never fails to put me in a really good mood. And in addition to young Ben Stiller, there's also Kenan Thompson at like 13 or 14 years old. He's in this movie. And of course, now Kenan Thompson is the longest running member of Saturday Night Live. And so he was hilarious even then. But here's why Heavyweights really works. I think it's because we all have been that kid who really wanted to fit in. And you may not have been overweight, and this may not be your struggle, but we all have that feeling of not belonging and wanting to find your people. And so this really is a story about a kid who feels like he's kind of an outcast. And then he arrives at this camp and he finds other people like him and they love him and they accept him. And then Ben Stiller shows up and he's trying to mess it all up because he's kind of this crazy dictator. And the thrill that you get out of these kids outsmarting Ben Stiller's insane character is just, it's wonderful. It has so many quotable moments. Go watch it. You'll like it. Okay, so number four, Three Amigos, 1986. This is the first really funny movie that I can remember seeing as a kid. We had it on VHS. We watched it all the time. But even as an adult, I watch it and it still cracks me up. I have said this before, but I love Steve Martin and Martin Short so much. And they really could just stand in front of a camera and not say anything. And I would laugh at just their faces. So this movie stars Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Chevy Chase. They are three failed 1920s silent film stars who get a telegram from this town in Mexico. Now, this town in Mexico has seen their, their films, but they think that they really are real cowboys that can defend their town from this terrorist cowboy named El Guapo. <laughs> so when... Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Chevy Chase, when they get this telegram, they think that this town wants them to come and put on the show um, as their characters, the Three Amigos, which is what they've become famous for being. So they show up to this town, and then they quickly realize that these people think that they are actual cowboys, and the hilarity ensues. There are so many fantastic moments in this movie that I, I really can't name just one. I mean, there's like the plethora conversation there is Martin Short telling his story about Lillian Gish and the Gish sisters. There is uh, Chevy Chase trying to summon the Invisible Horseman. It's, it is fantastic. And is it dumb humor? Absolutely. But it is the kind of dumb humor we all love. One of the best moments is their singing of My Little Buttercup in a saloon. <laughs> they think that everybody wants to hear them sing. It just, yes, it is fantastic. I'm going I'm to try and use other words besides fantastic, but this is a fantastic movie. What can I say? Muy fantastico, if I were speaking Spanish. That was terrible. I'm sorry. Please keep listening to this episode. But why Three Amigos really works, I think, is because it is these three actors, Martin Short, Steve Martin, Chevy Chase, it's them at their peak. It's their best, their best work. It works so well. You buy into it, 
and you laugh. And it's a very timeless movie. Yes, it was made in 1986, but it still feels current. So it is streaming on HBO Max if you want to go watch it, and you should. Number three is our first romantic comedy entry, and it is 1993's Sleepless in Seattle, starring Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks, written by Nora Ephron, who is the undisputed queen of romantic comedies. She is perfect. The dialogue is wonderful. It's hilarious. It's spot on. And the casting is also just perfect. So Tom Hanks stars as a dad who has just lost his wife. He moves with his son, Jonah, to Seattle to start over. They've been there about a year and a half, and Jonah decides that his dad needs a new wife, talks his dad into being on a talk show on Christmas Eve on a radio talk show where Tom Hanks kind of tells the story of his wife and how much he misses her. And Meg Ryan is driving home from her family's house in Baltimore on Christmas Eve, and she hears this radio show, and over the course of the movie, really falls in love with Tom Hanks over the radio. It's just a lovely movie. The the casting, again, is perfect. Rosie O'Donnell plays Meg Ryan's best friend. She's hilarious. I think it's probably her best work. And it also has this movie within a movie, so there's a lot of an affair to remember. The plot is inspired by an affair to remember. And also the soundtrack is so good. I remember as a teenager so many times listening to Carly Simon's We Small Hours of the Morning and sitting outside on my family's deck or on a bench or on my bed with my knees in front of me, with my hands around my knees, and pretending that I was Meg Ryan feeling forlorn. I had nothing really to feel forlorn about, but it felt right. And it's the perfect kind of movie to do that with. But this movie works because I think we all want to believe in love at first sight or first hearing as this movie goes. And it makes you feel like that could be possible, that there's somebody out there that you could hear them talk. And I think we've all experienced this in some ways when we've listened to a celebrity or somebody on a, an interview and you think to yourself, if they knew me, we'd really get along. And it kind of takes that thought and ramps it up a little bit because maybe you really would get along. And if they met you, they might really like you. It's just a lovely movie. It's simple story, just a good love story. It is streaming on Netflix. Number two is 1995's While You Were Sleeping, starring Sandra Bullock, Bill Pullman, and Peter Gallagher. This movie to me is like the equivalent of a Thanksgiving meal with just the foods that you like. You already know you like them. You can eat them over and over. You may rest for a while, but you'll come back and eat the rest of it at any time. And in the words of the mom in the dinner scene that I think is one of the best written movie scenes that I have ever seen. The mashed potatoes are so creamy. If you've seen this movie, you know why that's funny. So the movie is about a girl named Lucy Monaratz, who works as a subway uh, token taker (laughs) in Chicago. And every day, this guy named Peter comes to get a token from her at the subway booth. And she has a huge crush on him. She has fallen in love with him. She's never actually really spoken to him, but she just thinks he's the perfect guy. And then she happens to witness Peter being mugged. He falls onto the train tracks. It's very dramatic. And she pulls him off the tracks. Unfortunately, he hit his head really hard and he is in a coma. So when she comes to the hospital with the ambulance, after a lot of misunderstandings, people think that she is his fiance. And his family also thinks that she is his fiance. And she doesn't have the heart to tell them that she has never actually spoken to this man. 
And then, of course, she falls in love, really, with Peter's brother, Jack, who is played by Bill Pullman. And let me just say, Bill Pullman is such an underrated romantic lead. He is so good. He is just the guy next door that you want to meet. And you want them to be together so badly. There are so many little minor characters. There's Joe Jr., that is one of her landlord's son. There's the whole leaning conversation. It, it's really pitch perfect. It's one of the most perfect romantic comedies out there. It really is. And I think the reason that this movie works is you feel like you know these people. Sandra Bullock is her most charming, but she's also her most accessible. She looks like a girl you would run into at the post office. And so does every other character. You feel like you know these people, you've interacted with them, and so you believe the plot. It just works really well. So this movie is streaming on Disney Plus right now. And finally, number one on my list, and number one on a lot of your list, because you guys sent me this a lot too on Instagram, 1998's You've Got Mail, starring Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks, also written by Nora Ephron, and I believe co-written by her sister, Delia Ephron. And guys... This is probably the best romantic comedy that exists today. I love The Holiday. I really do. But this movie does not miss a beat. The casting is perfect. The scenery is perfect. The dialogue, the music, the feel of New York City. It is what you want New York City to be, and it probably actually isn't. But you want to live in that New York City. You want to live in Meg Ryan's apartment. You want to have her friends. You want to go to the delicatessen that they frequent. You want to go to the Starbucks they go to. You want to stand on the sidewalk and watch the flower you know, sifting through the air in the at the bagel company that Tom Hanks talks about. You want a golden retriever named Brinkley. You want all of those things because it just makes you want to live in that world. So the story is about two people. Meg Ryan owns a small bookstore. Tom Hanks runs a family business that's kind of loosely based, I think, on Barnes and Noble. And they have met in a chat room and they really have fallen in love with each other. But they don't realize that they also know each other in real life. And in real life, they are business rivals because Tom Hanks is trying to put Meg Ryan's bookstore out of business. But everything is just pitch perfect in this movie. Down to the character actors, you've got Dave Chappelle, you've got Parker Posey, and they they all are quirky. They're all funny. And it's just delightful. I have a friend who watches this movie anytime she's sick. It is her go-to movie. It makes her feel better every time. And I believe it. I have watched this movie so much that I can quote it from beginning to end. And the chemistry between Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks in this movie is phenomenal. And it's not just even the dialogue. It's the little looks they give each other and the little barbs and the things they say without even saying a word. They just know each other and they're acting against each other so well. It's just great. So here's why I think, aside from all those reasons, that this movie works. It is what you want your life to be like. You want to be Meg Ryan. You want to be quirky. You want to be enchanting. You want to have firm opinions, but also be very, very likable. And Tom Hanks is the same way. You want to meet someone in the way that they met. You know, someone that gets to know you, not because they saw you first, and it wasn't just based on physical attraction, 
they fall in love with each other's personalities before they ever realize what the other one looks like and who they are in real life. And it's what we all want, isn't it? Someone who knows us innately and loves us for exactly who we are. So You've Got Mail is currently streaming on HBO Max, but I really think that this is a movie you should invest in. If you still have a DVD player, do any of us have DVD players? If you do, you should buy it and add it to your library. It's worth it. Okay, that was my list, but now let's get to your list because you guys sent me some great movies. So let's talk about this. So I'm going to go through this list in no certain order, just really the order that I got them in. So the first one that was sent to me was How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Of course, that's starring Kate Hudson and Matthew McConaughey. And, you know, I really miss Matthew McConaughey's romantic comedy days. He was so good. He was so cute and Southern and charming. And this is really him at his height of cuteness, in my opinion. Um, the whole love fern scene is fantastic. You killed our love. It's really good. So yes, I completely agree. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, really good. Next, we have The Parent Trap, which is actually a Nancy Myers movie. So we will throw this one in. It is a remake of the Haley Mills movie, which I also loved from the 60s. But this Parent Trap, I think we really forget how great an actress Lindsay Lohan really was and probably still is. We don't really give her as much of a chance anymore. But she plays two characters. She plays twins and she also plays a British character and she's not British and she's, you know, under 12 years old in this movie. And she does a great job. This is just a really heartwarming story. It's family friendly and it always makes you feel better after you've watched it. So the next movie I had not seen in a few years, and I recently watched it with some friends. I had forgotten how good this movie is, and it is Legally Blonde with Reese Witherspoon. Guys, I think this movie is Reese Witherspoon's magnum opus. I think it's what we're going to remember her for for the rest of her life. And I think a lot of us equate her personality with Elle Woods because she does it so well. We really believe it's her. This movie has so many quotable moments. You've got, you know, liar, the whole perm scene in the courtroom where you, you know, her winning the court case talking about <laughs> why you can't wash your hair after a perm. It's, it's wonderful. And I also think it's just so empowering for girls because it, it gives you the message that you don't have to downplay your femininity to be successful. Like Elle Woods is a girly girl to the extreme, but she's also highly intelligent and she is just herself. And she doesn't dumb that down or feel the need to change who she is to get where she needs to be in life. And I think that's, you know, a lesson we all need to learn. So yeah, I love that movie. The next movie you guys sent me was probably the most successful teenage rom-com from the 90s. And that is Clueless, starring Alicia Silverstone and a young Paul Rudd, who looks pretty much exactly the same now. (laughs) But it's such a fun movie. And you know, the thing that I am struck by now is that the fashion from Clueless, which was super 90s, is totally back. It it looks like kids today. Like it's a whole bunch of Gen Zers walking around in a movie. It works. So the movie's, you know, loosely based on Jane Austen's Emma. It's so funny. And Alicia Silverstone is kind of on the same level as Reese Witherspoon is in Legally Blonde. They play their ditzy 
ditzy characters who aren't ditzy. <laughs> they just, they do it with a level of finesse that is just really unparalleled. So yes, I remember going to see this in the theater and loving it when it came out. Clueless is definitely a feel good comfort movie. Okay. Next we have 13 going on 30 with Jennifer Garner. I love this movie so much. I love Jennifer Garner. Jennifer Garner is a gift. Her Instagram account, she's just a delightful person. I love everything about her. I feel like we could be friends. And you really do feel like that in this movie. You know, she plays a a woman who is actually 13 years old because she is a 13-year-old who has wished to be 30 and woke up in her 30-year-old body, you know, which is Jennifer Garner's. It's set in the early 2000s, so the fashion is so good. And you know who I think is just really underrated in this movie is Judy Greer, who is a character actor. She always plays the best friend. She's even made fun of herself for that, playing the best friend, but she's kind of been having a little bit of a renaissance too, and that she's being cast in a lot more things now when we know who she is. But she plays the frenemy part so well because she's just equal parts cruel but also you feel like you know you remember that girl in middle school and high school that you didn't actually like them but you also really wanted to impress them because they were so popular she plays it so well so this movie is definitely a nostalgic movie that I watch over and over So a lot of you sent me several different Adam Sandler movies because a lot of you, like me, feel that Adam Sandler is always a go-to feel-good movie person. So I'm going to kind of make this one category because you guys sent me several of his movies. So the movies that you guys sent me were Just Go With It, uh, The Wedding Singer, Billy Madison, and Happy Gilmore. Those are four fantastic Adam Sandler choices. You know, there is something about his comedy that even when it is at its most dumb, you like it and you laugh. It's a lot like Ben Stiller to me. Like, it's just a certain brand of humor. And if you like it, you like it. And I feel like people are pretty polarizing about Adam Sandler. Like, you either really love him or you don't like him at all. I love him. I think he's really funny. And I think these four movies are great choices. He has great chemistry with Jennifer Aniston. He has great chemistry with Drew Barrymore. You know, The Wedding Singer is probably my favorite out of all four of those because I just feel like, you know, you've got the nostalgia of the 80s in that movie, but he and Drew Barrymore, there's just something about them together that just really works. So yeah, any Adam Sandler movie, I think is a really good bet. You're going to walk away feeling better. Next, we have Top Gun, which I know in episode one, I said that I didn't quite get why everybody loved it so much, but I have since rewatched it, and I have also watched the new Top Gun, Top Gun Maverick, and I get it. It is just fun. It's pure entertainment. I especially loved the second Top Gun. I thought that one was excellent, but you know, it's Tom Cruise at his cruisiest. It's why we liked him in the first place. And it's just nonstop action. There really isn't any lull in the in the plot. You never are bored. You're into it. You want to see what happens. And it's, you know, all of the it actors of the day are in both movies. And, you know, just highly enjoyable. Really takes you out of your life, you know, for want of a better word. It just really makes you lose yourself in a good movie. So, yeah, Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick. And speaking of Tom Cruise, there is one movie on this list that I have not seen, and that is A Few Good Men. And it's Tom Cruise, Jack Nicholson, and, and you know, I know the iconic line, you can't handle the truth, but I realize that I have never seen this movie. The one thing that I am confused about, and maybe somebody can help me, I've seen clips of this movie, 
Demi Moore, okay, her hair in this movie, is it short or is it in a weird updo? Because every time I see a clip, I'm distracted by her head because I can't figure out if her hair is cut short or if she is wearing it pinned back. If you know this movie and have seen it and you've studied her hair, please let me know because it bothers me. I need to know this. And I probably should watch this movie. I've had people tell me that it is fantastic, but it is, you know, a a military drama. I will say it's probably not what I would think of as a good go-to movie, but a lot of guys liked this movie. I got a lot of guys, you know, coming in with Top Gun and a few good men, some girls too. You know, Top Gun came on a few girls lists, but this is one that was definitely a, a guy contribution. So, I will I will watch it and I will take your word for it that if it makes you happy, it is probably a really good movie. Okay, next is Harry Potter, the whole series, and I completely agree. Every time I hear the opening lines of music from Harry Potter, you know, the dun 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 dun, dun I immediately am like, oh, it's Harry Potter in the best way. I love it. And I also feel that Harry Potter is a series of movies that I like to watch in the fall because it just goes so well with crisp weather and Halloween and leaves turning. It's kind of an ushering in a fall for me. But it's another one of those movies, the whole series, I can put it on. I don't have to pay attention. I know what's going to happen. And I just like to have it on in the background. And I'm really excited. I'm kind of torn. I don't know. I'm excited about the new series that's coming out on HBO Max that is produced by J.K. Rowling. It's going to be a 10-year series they've announced. And I'm interested to see what her vision for it will be, you know, when it's just her at the helm. But I also am so invested in the movies because they're super nostalgic for me. This is a movie series that we went to see every year at Christmas with my family when they came out. And I went to see one of them in London with my mom and my sister when it came out. So I'll always love those movies for the memories associated with them. And yeah, they're just, they're great. I love them. Pride and Prejudice with Kira Knightley. I don't know that there is a better super romantic movie than this movie. (laughs) And this version, the version with Keira Knightley is the best, hands down. I will fight you if you think otherwise, because it's just great. The music, the scenery, you know, that scene with her standing on the edge of that cliff with the wind and the piano music. I I don't know if there's anything more romantic than that. Well, no, I'll tell you, there is one thing more romantic in that than that, and that is Mr. Darcy, Matthew McFadden, walking slowly through the mist with that long overcoat. Uh, it's perfect. <laughs> and I remember going to see that movie with my sister and some friends, and I did not want to leave the theater. It had transported me to another place entirely. I wanted to live in that England. I wanted to stay there and I wanted to be Elizabeth Bennett. It is great. And it makes me happy every time it's on. I will stop and watch it. So as much as I wish I could list every single movie you guys sent me, because you guys sent me some really great choices, I'm just running out of time. So if you didn't hear your movie that you sent in listed on this episode, it's because I have separated some of them because they fall into a couple categories that they could fit into. And so I have some different ones that I want to do future episodes on, so I will include them. But the last one I'm going to end on with this episode is It's a Wonderful Life, Jimmy Stewart. It is traditionally a Christmas movie, but I just think it works all year round because the message is so great. 
you know, I think we all have felt at times that what we do goes unseen or unnoticed. And, you know, sometimes we question whether or not life would be any different if we were gone. And this movie says, yes, absolutely, life would be different. And it would be worse without you because you matter and you matter to the people around you and you matter to people that don't even know you. So this movie, I think, is a perfect way to end this conversation on movies that will cheer you up because this movie will make you, you know, really believe that it is a wonderful life because it is. So if you are having a meh week like I was, you now have a whole list of movies that you can sit down, enjoy, and hopefully come out of feeling a little bit happier and a little bit more encouraged. So in keeping with our feel-good comfort theme, I'm going to talk about a food that I had forgotten existed until recently, and it's so good. And I'm having to keep myself from having one every day because I think if I do, I will just get full-blown diabetes. <laughs> and that is the Fat Boy Cookies and Cream Ice Cream Sandwich. Listen, it's called Fat Boy. If that is not enough to make you go, hmm, maybe I should limit this, I don't know what is. I mean, they're telling you on the box what it could do to you. But still, I'm like, this is delicious. They are so good, guys. So they're ice cream sandwiches. They're just large ice cream sandwiches. But instead of vanilla ice cream, it's cookies and cream ice cream. And when I eat one, I feel like I'm eight years old <laughs> because that's when I remember eating ice cream sandwiches. So I have had to physically restrain myself and be like, Amanda, you cannot have an ice cream sandwich for dinner. It is not healthy for you or for your cholesterol levels. <laughs> but if you're out and about and you're looking for a dessert and you're like, I haven't tried this in a while, you should try it. Fat boy, <laughs> cookies and cream, ice cream sandwiches. They will definitely make you happy. guys. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for hanging out with me again this week. And I just want to thank you also for all of the sweet messages that you sent me about last week's episode on people pleasing. It meant so much to me. And thank you again for following and subscribing and leaving reviews on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. It just makes me so happy that we are getting this community together. It's so great. If you would like to find me on Instagram and chat, I am super easy to find. I am at Resting Church Face. I hope you have a fantastic week and let's get together again soon.